0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: So, of course, the NFL has become a 12-month-a-year sport, and I had this episode already pre-recorded, and then a lot of crazy shit went down in the NFL so I do want to take a little bit of time before we get into today's episode with Boss, a pre-recorded episode of The People's Podcast, where you guys sent the questions and we answered them. And then at the tail end of the episode is Kenny Betts Big. He's back on the show. We talk a little March Madness. But I do want to talk about some of the news that went down today and yesterday in the NFL. First and foremost, the Giants, baby. The New York Giants made a move. Finally, we're going to have a weapon outside of Saquon Barkley that's going to be a threat for defenses. Darren Waller was traded from the Vegas Raiders to the New York Giants for the third round pick that the Giants got back from Kansas City in the Kadarius Toney trade. And a lot was made of that trade. But if you really think about it now, it's kind of Kadarius Toney for Darren Waller. I'd take that straight up any day of the week, especially when you factor in Darren Waller plays a position that the Giants haven't had in a very, very long time. He is one of the top five best tight ends in the league. And a lot of hostility, it felt like, coming out of the Raiders towards him and then him towards the Raiders. It was a wacky year for Las Vegas in the NFL. And he's going to start fresh with the New York Giants. And I think it's a great, great addition for the Giants because now Daniel Jones has a real legitimate weapon that he could— exposed defenses with, especially with a tight end like Darren Waller. He's so versatile, such a big dude over the middle too. And if you play Madden, you always hear Chris Collins say that tight ends are pacifiers for the quarterback, especially young quarterbacks. So I love this move for the New York Giants. I think it's going to open up a lot of things, especially with the uncertainty of what's going to happen with the Giants. Look, Saquon Barkley, he got the franchise tag, but it's not entirely a full commitment to him after this year. And I still expect him to hold out. If you are a running back and you go through your rookie contract and the team hasn't addressed it by extending you, chances are it's clipped. You're not going to resign with that team. And you look at the history of the league, you get extended during your rookie contract if you're a running back and then you'll stay with that organization. Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, he got traded after that contract But Alvin Kamara, the same thing. Ezekiel Elliott, he got cut today, but he got extended during that rookie deal. Guys like Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, I think also with the Raiders is going to be a guy that's going to get let go. And I still fully take credit as my guy Antoine is back there for changing Josh Jacobs' career trajectory last season after I slammed at him for three straight episodes and then he led the NFL in rushing. That's usually how it goes. But the running back position is one where you saw the Chiefs last year with a rookie running back. They went all the way to the Super Bowl and they won the Super Bowl and he was their feature back, Isaiah Pacheco. And it leads me into Zeke. Zeke got cut by the Dallas Cowboys. He was going to account for $16.7 million against the number this year for Dallas on top of an additional $10.9 million that was going to be guaranteed to him if he was not cut by June 1st. So... The writing was on the wall for Zeke. If you guys have been listening to the show for the last three, four years, I've been saying that Pollard is the way better running back than Ezekiel Elliott. I don't need to know what PFF says or football outsiders. It's the eye test to me. He's been the better running back for years now. And I think with Dallas letting go of Zeke, And now Pollard, he got the franchise tag, but I think they extend him, try to work a deal with him. I think it's a way, way better move for this offense with Tony Pollard. He just looked the part and he looked better than Zeke did. Zeke has just been a a shot fighter for the last couple of seasons. He's great for one or two yards, but that's about it. And Pollard is just way more explosive and does a lot more for Dak Prescott in this offense. And the last thing, the New York Jets get their quarterback. Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show says that he has decided he's going to play with the Jets. The Jets are now 15 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. The Jets haven't entered the regular season with shorter than 20 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl since 2011. Remember those back-to-back AFC title games that they played with Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez and that core of Bart Scott and even LT was over there too. It's been a while since the Jets have been kind of relevant outside of New York. And I think this move is going to put them in the conversation to be a playoff team. Look, last year, they probably would have made the playoffs if they had any sort of competence at the quarterback position, but they didn't. And now they get Aaron Rodgers. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to go in there, has a lot of weapons at his disposal. I think he could do do wonders for Elijah Moore. You saw Garrett Wilson last year win rookie of the year. They have a lot of studs on defense. Hall uh, is going to be back in the backfield too. But to me, I think 15 to 1 is outrageous for them to be 15 to 1 to win the Super Bowl next year, especially when you look at the AFC. Dude, there's like 12 teams that could legit make the playoffs in the AFC, where in the NFC, I can think of four, and that's just because they're going to win their division. Outside of that, it's a crapshoot. I think the entire NFC is. Wide open. And a team that I'm looking at next year, heavily from a betting perspective, is going to be Chicago. You guys know that I am a big, big Justin Fields guy. So I think that that's going to work wonders with him having DJ Moore and what they do in the draft. But Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City, and the Jaguars, those are your four division winners in the way, way too early takes for next season, in my opinion. And then you got teams like the Chargers are going to be looming. I'm high on Denver than most people because I'm buying all the stock on Sean Payton, being able to revitalize Russell Wilson. Is Russ shot? We don't know, but I think this is going to answer a lot of questions. You're looking at a team like the Steelers are going to be really, really interesting next year. Baltimore, if they bring back Lamar. Cleveland with Deshaun Watson. Now he's going to be back for a whole season and he played a little bit last year. The South is is going to be a nightmare, like Houston, Tennessee, and, and who am I blanking on? Who's the other? And the Colts, too. Who knows what they're going to do at quarterback? So you have the Jaguars winning that division. And then Miami and New England. New England's always going to be a tough out. So I think 15 to 1 is outrageous. I don't even think they win the, the division. I don't even think they're the—they're probably the third best team in their division still behind Buffalo and Miami. So— These odds are a little wacky, but you should be excited if you're a Jeff fan, you're getting one of the best quarterbacks that we've ever seen. And I still think he got it. I think last year was just, I don't want to call it a fluke, but is he still an MVP? Look, he won two of the last three MVPs. And last year he was soured with the organization from the beginning. New guys at receiver, took Christian Watson a while to get going. And there was just a lot of beef between him and the Packers. So fresh start for Green Bay now with Jordan Love. I think that's a buy low team as well. Everyone's going to be off the Packers because now Jordan Love is going to be there. I think they could be an interesting team to make the playoffs as well. And it also ties into what we were talking about, how wide open the NFC is in comparison to the AFC. So it's it's going to be fun. All the elite quarterbacks are in the AFC outside of Jalen Hurts. And then after that, the conversation is Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott. And even those you don't feel overly excited about. So the NFC is wide, wide open. And Rodgers to the Jets is going to be a difficult task for him to go and win a Super Bowl. And at 15 to 1, there's no way that I would bet that. I think that number is overly inflated. and You got to remember that in New York and New Jersey, that tri-state area, the most popular sports books there are FanDuel and DraftKings. They're the most public sports books out there. So they know what they're doing with this one. They set the line here because they know everyone's just going to blindly bet on the Jets to win the Super Bowl now with Aaron Rodgers. And I think that's a mistake. There will be more football to break down in the coming weeks. But I just wanted to come on here and just rant a little bit about some of these moves that these teams have made. So check out the Monday show if you haven't previewing UFC 286 with Brett Lawson. And then Alan was on that show as well to discuss some of these potential moves that are going to go down in free agency. We even asked a question on there, like Rodgers goes to the AFC. what? Where is he on your list? Is he a top five quarterback, back, top 10? Where'd you have it? So we put a poll up on Twitter. Make sure you're following us also on all social media at Veterans Minimum as we can find that. And the rest of the show, like I said, is a pre-recorded episode of People's Podcast with Boss. And then we talk some March Madness with Kenny Betts Big. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and we'll catch you guys next time. A while since i had done one of these, but I figured with the OG boss coming to Vegas for the pay per view, figure I do a people's podcast. People were excited to hear that you were going to be on the show.
2: Boss in the building. It's good, bro. It's good. It's crazy to see to do like to do a podcast in this amazing studio, considering like we were in a, an apartment, like a small apartment in in Queens, in the basement, and it's just like it's crazy now. You're here full time. This is sick spot, man. I mean, I love the studio. In Queens, but this is just like yeah, this is the studio. This is the big time right here. The studio in Queens
1: costs twenty five hundred dollars a month <laughs> with rent and all the equipment, and this is like a six million dollars studio. So yeah. there are definitely, oh, levels, yeah, definitely yeah. levels,
2: It levels. awesome,
1: uh, you were you were kind of like making fun of me on the when when I picked you, and in, a, in a, like a joking way, not making fun, but you are like, bro, this fucking kid lives here
2: now.
3: Like, yeah, you were telling
1: yeah.
2: all our buddies back home. Yeah, I was hyped though. Yeah, I was, I was like, yeah, you know, I came out here. Cause usually when we, ke- I mean, how many times we come out here? Like, yeah. you know, five, six, seven times. Of course, it's for vacation. We're having fun. It's Vegas. We're going to do Vegas. Now it's like, yo, you live here. So it's like, ah, uh, Nick. My hometown, yeah, bro. I'm visiting Nick. <laughs> like, uh, I'm going to Vegas, but I'm also visiting my buddy who lives out here now. But
1: yo, no lie. This was this was a weekend for me also for UFC 285 that I kind of felt like a tourist in a way, too. Like, yeah. I did a, like, you know, I, obviously I went to the fight, but... You know, I went and I ate at a steakhouse on the strip. I usually try to avoid the strip. As you discovered, you paid, what, $15 for a beer the other day? And then it was like $12 for a- Oh, $20, $25 for a coffee and a water in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I, I try my best only to collect from the strip. I'm not giving nothing back to the strip. But, you, oh, you got a nice little
2: staycation. Yeah. yeah. So
1: it was yeah, exactly nice, it. It was a Nice was a to stay-cation. do that
2: too, I'm sure, once in a while.
1: So I've gotten a bunch of questions from a lot of the fans through the Discord and just on social media. And, dude, first one up is all about you, bro. How you been? What you been up to?
2: Yeah, everything's good. Same old stuff. Just working uh, in the city still. Kind of miss doing the content that we used to do all these years. But it's cool. Like, I follow. I listen. It's crazy to see uh, the guests you have now out here being in Vegas, like the access and that you get to all different types of people from all walks of life. Uh, my personal favorites are always going to be the MMA ones. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've just like become diehard MMA fans the last five, six, seven years. So it was cool when you had like Eric uh, Nixik on, uh, Ode Osborne was cool as we saw yesterday after the yeah. fights. And he was giving you props. I'm like, oh, my God. It's just funny because I always crack jokes on yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Like, you oh, guys keep me humbled, bro. He, he called you the him. real Nick Diaz. I was like, geez, <laughs> Luis, bro. What the hell's going on? Shouts to O'Day, man. Congrats <laughs>
1: on that win a couple of weeks ago, too. He really deserved that. He needed that, too. So I was super happy for him. And, yeah, I've gotten to connect with a, a lot of cool people. And and you're right, dude. I think one of my favorite shows that I did was with Eric Nixick. Like, I, I say this all the time, how I learned more about my favorite fighter, Sanya in the 90 second breakdown he did right here you know he's like yo he patterns like 90 degree angles and i was just watching it like this dude like yeah i was like bro i learned more about him just now than the four years of watching every single fight of his
2: yeah so so yeah yeah So, so i've been good man but it's cool to see like especially in person i think it's so much it's like way cooler to consume as as like a a fan in a sense that you're sitting like right next to your guest Instead of over the phone, like, it's a whole different energy, like, seeing or consuming that type of content where you're having that person-in-person conversation. And then, yeah, man, just coming out here, having, it like, being back on the show is cool and sick and, like, meeting people. Like, Nick, who's also, I met this weekend, was, you know, through the podcast, which is, like, dude, that's, like, so sick. Like, fans from all the country, both fans of MMA, both fans of the show, and now we got to link up and go to the fights. and. You know, share something that we're both a fan of. So I was dope. So, yeah, I, everything's been good for me. Same old shit for the most part. What are your top three
1: favorite sports to watch? And why are those three different than the others?
2: Uh, So, gambling or... Like, what would you say? <laughs> so, so, gambling <laughs> does yeah, influence on. it a lot. It does. Yeah. So, so a little bit. I wouldn't say a lot because I still... I could watch a game of college basketball that I have no money on because I yeah, love college yeah, yeah. basketball. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And also like what I've been
1: doing is I don't, I had a, I had John Orlando on. He's the host of the Action Junkies. We were at his studio last week. He did, dude's a psychopath, bro. He did a 24 hour stream. I was like, yo, you're nuts. <laughs> he had <laughs> me on the stream too. I was like, yo, you're nuts. But uh shouts to him, man. He came on the show and I had a little clip kind of go semi-viral where I was like, yo, bro, you got to bet on every fight. He's like, you bet on every fight. I was like, yeah. He's like, there's no fights that you don't bet on. I was like, yeah, but that's not fun. It's like, yeah, that's all hees and hahas yeah. until you're blowing your bankroll. You're like, right. oh, holy shit, maybe I shouldn't. So, I made a, a conscious effort to not to to just bet five or six. Oh, yeah, I mean, fights if, if you outcomes, want to be like a
2: profitable game, like, yeah, you have, yeah, to, you have, you have, have to, to hone run. in on spots. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, but um. But, there, there are a lot of fights that i watched that i had no no money on like even yesterday we were sitting with jeremiah and sitting with you and i was like yo you got anything on this you're like no nah. i was like yeah oh, me
2: neither yeah just watching it enjoying it so it does it does play a role so mma is is risen the ranks yeah pretty quickly um so it's probably up there maybe at one uh just because it's on every saturday there's no off season in mma which i love um you usually know like hey saturday night at five eastern like you're probably gonna have some fights to watch whether it's UFC bellator or pfl or you know there's so many promotions now one is on amazon which is dope so there's so much mma to consume that it's usually on something's going on every weekend so that's probably probably up there at one for me college basketball i love um i could watch syracuse my team so i mean they've fallen off which is tough but I mean, you being out here, this is your first March out here, so it's probably going to be insane in the next couple of weeks. I mean, this weekend, already started a conference tournament, so you're going to get a taste of probably what it's like. They have the Pac-12 tournament here. They have the, uh, I think the Mountain West tournament is here, or the West Coast Conference, I'm sorry. Mountain West might be here too, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, yeah, so I love tournament time. Big East tournament is in the Garden in New York. That's yeah. always sick. Dude, and, like, I, was at, I was looking at hotel rooms for March Madness the
1: first weekend. And I was just like, oh, let me just see like what the hype is about. Because everyone is talk- Everyone's talking about three things. Formula One coming to Vegas next year. The Super Bowl coming to Vegas next year. It's oh,
2: all this year, by the way. We're in 2020. Yeah, too, yeah. Wow. <laughs> she,
1: well, Super Bowl next year. But yeah, you're right. Formula One in November. And then March Madness. They always say that March Madness the first week here. It's nuts. So I just went to you know, just look at random rooms. And it's like 1,500 a night. Yeah. Like it is going to be crazy out here and i'm excited because bro you know you you've given me me shit a bunch of years about like yo i always dump on college sports oh yeah on social I, media i don't dude. like it I was like I, i'm I'm a heel against college sports but also i also haven't experienced it and i always use you as like a case study how like bro you went to syracuse you grew up a syracuse fan you went there so you have a connection to them that's right. like way deeper than like i would ever have right like it was right. not like I say I'm an adopted LSU Tigers fan because we stumbled into that one bar legends in New York city and it's an LSU alumni bar, but I've never been there. I you know, I don't go out my way to watch them play all the time. So it's weird for college sports for me, but you're right. I'm always open to new experiences. So if I'm out here for college, I'm definitely going to text you like bro, St. Mary's catching nine. We like this, we like this, what are we doing? Right. But having that
2: around you and the aura of college sports That'll definitely influence me for sure. Yeah, so it's it's got to be MMA, college basketball, and then MLB. I love baseball. I've always loved baseball. So, and that too is like, there's an off season, but it's on every night, bro. Like you know, maybe except for like one or two two nights a month, they might your team might have an off day, but every night at seven PM, like uh, for me, I'm like I'm gonna watch the Yankees. I'm gonna put it on my phone. They have so many apps now on the phones that it's so easy to access the game wherever you are. Yeah. You could be out at... We were at the bar yesterday, and they couldn't show the fights, remember? Yeah. We, like, missed the first couple prelims. We weren't in the arena for the first couple prelims. I pulled them up on my phone, and we just kept, <laughs> kept bullshitting away. Yeah, like, we were bullshitting. Like it's Yo. so easy to watch all these games now, which, which, as a sports fan, I love, obviously. So,
1: yeah. It was so funny how it was us two and Jeremiah. We're at the bar pre-gaming, and we're watching the fights, and then... Jeremiah goes, Yo, isn't it hilarious watching this on a phone when we're like a hundred yards from where we like, that we have we, tickets yeah, to? Yeah, we have <laughs> tickets to say like, why are we not going in there? And then we ended up like leaving shortly after to go in there. But, dude, for me, it's it's MMA, NFL, and soccer. And then I'd say I'd say NBA regular season. I don't like as much as I once did because also the league kind of. Feels like they don't like the regular season. I've been on this for a couple of months now. How like the players don't care about it, teams don't care about it. You're resting and all this load management stuff. But I love playoff basketball a lot. Like that becomes my favorite because I also like urgency too. That's why I think the NCAA tournament works because it's, it's one and done. I think that the tournament is like one of the greatest. Yeah, playoff, uh, like in sports. But it's also it's it's one and done. Yeah, one bad one bad half of shooting and it's going to cost you a chance to win a title season. Yeah. So for me, I I think it's, it's those three for sure. And you know, you mentioned baseball. We got another question that has to do with baseball. And I would defer to you on this one thoughts on the new baseball rules being put into effect, pitch clock and banning shift. Yeah. Uh,
0: Because
1: yo, tell me if you agree with this, right? I feel like they're trying to make all these baseball changes to
2: cater to people like me. Oh, of course. Is it souring people like you? So it's hard to do that just because I've watched baseball for 20 years. So I'm not just going to give up the sport based no, on. Not,
1: not that you're going to give up the sport, but does it become frustrating that they're instead of, instead of doubling down on your core fan base and, and the fan base that's like, like super loyal purist. to you, the purest? Yeah. You're, you're kind of souring them from conversations I've had with a lot of people that are into baseball like that to cater it to people like me who I love the Mets. I watch the Mets but it's not really going
2: to make me more of a baseball fan. Right. So I get your point, but it's hard to sour someone. Like, yeah, they'll talk about it for two months, and two or three months it'll be a, a non-talking point for the purists. They'll just adapt. That's what happens with everything when change is made off the rip. Like, people have their, you know, hate it. I don't like the pitch clock, but after watching it a few times, you know, I've watched this been spring training games. Like, yeah, it's cool. You know, it moves the game along right away, but – the thing I don't like is when it changes, like, the outcome of at-bats. It's also going to change the game in the sense that stolen bases are going to be, I think, are going to be way up because uh, runners are going to be able to t- be able to time the pitcher now. If the clock is running down, I could get a Yo. time of jump. So, it's like, it, it'll be interesting. Like, the game is going to change. It's going to be faster on the base pass. Time of play is going to be down. It's going to be a faster played game. So, I mean, as a purist, do I like the, the pitch clock? No. But this asked me in three months, and I'll be like, ah, I don't even notice it anymore, you know. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm cool with it, I guess. If it if it brings more, you know, talking heads to the game, like you're talking about it, like you, I'm you didn't even name baseball and top three, so it's like, oh shit, it's gonna get like these people talking about baseball. Then yeah, then maybe it's a good thing. It's creating a buzz. Yeah, and and for like the purists, you say like or whatever, you know, diehard fans, does it sour them? Yeah, maybe it does, but. They're not going to stop watching baseball and everyone, and they know that. So it's like, we need to get new people in here and, and who knows if it does it? who knows if it doesn't time will tell.
1: That's a good ass point, bro, about it's creating the buzz. And like, yeah, we're talking about it too. Like I know it was a question, but it was something that I definitely wanted to bring up to you regardless if it wasn't going to be a question, just because like I go to you for like any baseball input and, you know, things along the lines like that. For me, I think it's, For me, I think they're trying to do too much to cater to the wrong people. And there is a percentage of their diehard fans that are getting soured off this. But you're right. They also know that they're not going to go anywhere. Exactly. So they have them in the palm of their hand, for sure. Uh, A question about food at sporting events.
2: What's the best food, in your opinion, to get at a sporting event? Dang. Um, I feel like you can never go, if you're like trying to eat a meal, I feel like you can never go wrong with chicken fingers and fries. My go to snack is popcorn though. If I'm just keeping it light, popcorn all the time. No matter the event. It could be MMA, baseball game. It's usually a basketball game, popcorn. I like eating things that Don't resolve in like sloppiness. Yeah. So, so being from New York, like I would never get a slice of pizza at an arena. Yeah. Or like anywhere else, just because you get greasy fingers. Not even that. Just usually, like for New Yorker, like it tastes like shit. Yeah, it's not (laughs) as good as like
1: going to actual pizzeria. Yeah. And it's probably like ten bucks for a slice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not for me. I, I think I chicken fingers and fries, dude. At MetLife, MetLife sucks. I hate the stadium, but they have the sausage and peppers there.
2: Oh. There used to be a spot in Yankee Stadium where Dude. I would go early to get a pulled pork sandwich. I think it was, I don't know if it was LaBe- what was it? it wasn't LaBelle's. It might have been like Brother Jimmy's or LaBelle's. But yeah, I'm gonna get there at like 6:40, go right to the pulled pork stand, get a nice sandwich. If I didn't eat dinner, I'd be filled up for the game. That was it. Yeah, bro. And that would be something I'd be willing to spend, obviously, like 20 bucks on. yo, fucking chicken
1: fingers, chicken fingers and fries is that and quesadilla are like my go-to bar
2: foods. Okay. Because it's quesadilla a quesadilla from, from a sporting event. No, no, no not, of at a, before, not,
1: not, not at a sporting event. But if I go to a bar, yeah. that's the one. Because it's hard for you to mess up a quesadilla. Uh, and it's light, you know. And it's light, and it's quick, and it's filling. Right. And then chicken fingers and fries. It's like, bro, just give me some. You can't mess that up. Yeah, just give me some honey mustard. And it's like, if you butcher that, then we got a problem. Yeah. We got we to gotta give you like a D rating or something right, yeah, yeah. on the on the side of the store. What's... In in the last year, what's a sporting event or moment that gave you the most goosebumps? Mm. Mine is mine is easy. It what's was yours. I gotta think of mine. The the entire World Cup final. Okay. Like, dude, I still I recently went and watched it again. And from start to finish, and it's an absolute classic, bro. And the fact that you had two iconic teams in France and Argentina, two iconic players, the GOAT debate with Messi. But also, bro, to have those two guys actually deliver in a big moment together. Right. Chill, <laughs> son. Like, how many times if fighting is a good example? Um, any any NBA game, any, any other sport where it's like, bro, it's Peyton versus Brady, it's it's Rogers versus Mahomes, it's this guy versus that guy, and there's a storyline within the game, and then it's a dud. Yeah. Like Peyton goes out there, throws three picks, Pats win by 40. It's like, all right, we just, you know, LeBron and KD, the Caps get swept. Like LeBron played well, but like it wasn't even competitive. But to have the entire world watching and Messi and Mbappe deliver, like that in the last last year gave me the most goosebumps. And then
2: I would say the Leon head kick. Nice. That's hard. Uh, like you said, yeah, I'd rather I'd rather underpromise and overdeliver. When yeah, you, when you hype the billing up too much and it winds up being a dud, it, it kind of kills it, you know. Dude, what about us? Uh, us, us, with our
1: friends back home, will be like, yo, we gotta go out Saturday and watch this UFC pay per view, son. This card is stacked, and then it's like decision, decision, crowd is yeah, killer. yeah, and then like Knock your, out Your then you're, friend
2: you bought out is just like, like, yo, oh, bro, I don't
1: know, why'd you hype this shit up? That's why when it does deliver, it's like, yo, so hey. yeah.
2: What would you pick? Um... It's tough for me off the top, but one that comes to mind right away is LeBron breaking the scoring record, which happened relatively recently. Word. That was something like, you know me, like I don't watch NBA regular season much. I do a little more now that the Knicks are good again. I'm kind of a fair weather fan. But um, yeah, probably LeBron breaking the scoring record. That was pretty pretty badass considering like, that's one dude who we watched this whole career from from pretty much our childhood or like early teens to, to now. Yeah,
1: Look, that's, that, the, that's cool. And that's history. That's, that's the first, that's the first, Iconic player, in my opinion at least, that you got to see his entire career play out in front of you where I fully understood it. Like when I first. Him and Brady, yeah. Yeah, but I would say like the early Brady, like the 01 Brady, 02 Pats. I wasn't like. Right. I get you. You Yeah, I was a little bit older with LeBron coming into the league. I was like 12, 13, and I was like fully into sports. And I just remember, like, I remember the Kings game, bro. I remember the iconic dunk he had in that Kings game, his debut. And then to see him go on and like, the longevity of it has been so dope, bro. Yeah. So, that'd be my moment. <clears throat> uh, this has to do with New York sports, since I know you mentioned the Knicks. Thoughts on New York sports and if you think they're on the rise?
2: Yeah. Like, are we back, bro? Or are New York sports back? Depends who you ask, right? Because if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan and they just... Yeah, it's <laughs> Cliff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 but real ahead. New York, bro. Brooklyn
1: Nets, they, they ain't real New York. We're talking about real New York. dude. Rangers that made some moves at the
2: deadline. I know it's a sensitive subject for you as an Isles fan, but they're winning. Yeah, you know, the Islanders are right there too, though. Yeah. They're in a wild card position. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, they're they're like fringe team, but it'll be it'll be interesting. It's gonna come down to the end, bro. Boss hits me up Saturday morning, and the game
1: is on at nine o'clock out here. It was a nine thirty start. Nine thirty start hits me up. He goes, "Yo, bro, can can you live bet in Vegas?" I was, I
2: was like, like yeah. "This might be a stupid question." Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Yo, this might be a dumb question, but." you could in game in Vegas, right? I'm like, it's very, at, the, and he was at the sports book. I was like, it's very subjective to the sports book. They might offer all the games or they might only offer one or two. And oftentimes, bro, I don't know if you know this, when you go to any sports book, the two primary big TVs, those are the games that the book has the most handle on. Sure. Right? So it's kind of obvious too, but a lot of people didn't know that. So, boss hits me up. He's like, yo, I want an in-game. And I was like, bro, what do you want an in-game? I got the apps. Like, you know, I'm not going to have the apps. If I don't have the apps, who has the apps, right? right? So, uh, he's like, yo, throw 50 on the aisles. They're down 1-0. 1-0. 1-0 going into the third period. one to the third. And he's like, bro, they're out shooting them, whatever. Was, and, they're out
2: shooting them 2-1. to one, so, And the
1: Red Wings had scored on, like, a power play. <laughs> so, I was like, yeah. Oh. So, I put the bet in for boss. And then... I send them a screen. I go to like use the bathroom or whatever and I send them the screenshot and he's like, yo, 1-1. One, one. I was like, oh shit. And then it's like two one three one. What was the final score? 4-1. Four, 4-1, one. Four, one, all in the <laughs> third period. And the best thing about it is like after it's 3-1, I text him. I go, I'm a fucking idiot. I didn't even tell you. <laughs> like, bro, <laughs> how do you not tell that? I put it on my app. I got to give you $100 for that too, but uh, yeah. I forgot about that till now. But it's like, bro, how do I not tell? Like, it's right there. It's in my head' I'm, I'm the one that has control of this. Yeah
2: like, ah. But yeah, to so the question though, definitely on the rise, bro. I mean, you have the Knicks in a playoff spot that they're not in the play-in, which is and bro, sick. And the Knicks are good, too, and they're on man. the f- currently on the four-five line where they could possibly win a series. Yeah, I think if they finish six or below, they're not beating a top three team. In they're the East. not, not. But a four-five, it gets very interesting. I Hell think, yeah, win dude! A series. And also, if you're the four and you have home court advantage, right? You know, which yeah. they're not far off from. They're like two they're games not. behind the Cavs. Yeah, um, the Nets are in a playoff spot, so that'll be cool. But I mean, the Nets are just toast. And everything that went down with that, yeah. And then you have Uncle Stevie Cohen bringing it, the Mets back, just making it rain, baby. Uh, Mets and the Yankees are the Yankees. Like yeah. they'll always be, you know, top dog in New York. And football, yeah, football was good for the Jets this year. Both I, teams I think overachieved. It sucked the way the season went because, like, oh, if you told me before the season, you're like, you know, Jets five hundred, I'd say sign me up. But the way it unfolded, it, it kind of left a sour taste in Jeff Fan's mouth, obviously. And then, obviously, the uncertainty with the quarterback position and all that. So that was tough. It was a tough end to the season, but it, overall, like if you look at the grand scheme, it was a good season. The Giants made the playoffs. First year head coach, coach of the year. That's your boy, uh, Dable. Of course, he's
1: my boy, bro. So yeah, man. It's stone Cold and then him <laughs> as like my favorite ball dudes on the planet. <laughs> Gotta be. That's
2: good. That's good. But yeah, but like there's everything's up right now for New York sports, I feel like.
1: One question has to do with New York sports also
2: and, like, both quarterbacks. What do you think happens at quarterback for both teams? Well, damn. So the Giants, you would have a better thing. But from, from my stance, I'd, I'd be like, yo, they have to keep him at $45 million or whatever he's asking for. That could be just, like, a starting point. Yeah. I wouldn't bet. There's no way you, you come to terms with that. And I think he fired his agent in this process. Yeah. So it'll yo, be interesting to see where that goes. But for the Jets… As a fan, like, I I don't, it's tough because, like, Derek Carr would be the best quarterback I've seen probably in my lifetime since, what, Pennington? It's Like, Pennington's the best quarterback I've yeah. seen in my lifetime. And, like, the tail end of Vinny Testaverdi. Right. So, to say no to, to Derek Carr would be a tough. Dude, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, no. I love Derek Carr. I don't want Derek Carr. But but it, he can't play in New York, The bro. second he walks in that door, he's the best quarterback I've seen in my life. Absolutely. 100% facts.
1: He can't, he's, he's an awful quarterback when it's cold out. I think Yeah, his his he's numbers. like three and thirteen in his career when it's under forty degrees. And his stats are horrible. And it's like
0: sixteen well touchdowns,
1: thirty two interceptions. It's it's bad. And well you know it gets New York so dumb. They built a one point three billion dollar stadium. They didn't even make it a dome.
2: It's stadium like, in sports.
1: It's the most. I say this all the time. When you go to Madden and you play franchise mode and you go to build your stadium, the first stadium they give you, the default one, that's my life. Generic there. one. Is there's, there's nothing cool about it. There's not a cool scoreboard. It's just all like metal looking and it's just, it's whack. It's a whack stadium. I yeah. hate it. And the fact that it's not a dome to keep it where it's like, bro, you had you had a Super Bowl there because you built a new stadium and it snowed
2: that week. Right. And bro, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? So, so. I, I would say, I want Rogers. The thing is like, you're going to mortgage so much of your future for a guy who's He's not unstable, but there's so much uncertainty where he could just call it quits after one year. Yeah. Who knows what he's going to do? How much longer is he going to play? Yeah, you're so right. So how much are you going to give up? But the roster that the Jets have now, there's so many guys one. on young deals that they're like a veteran quarterback and a good one. And Rodgers away from at least competing for the division because Josh Allen and the Bills will still probably be, you yeah. got to put them at, at one. For sure. But they, the, the Jets, if you add Aaron Rodgers, should be a shoe in for the playoffs. Yeah, no, I agree. Who you. knows what happens from there? And then I take my chances. Like, yo, I got Aaron Rodgers, and I like the roster they have already. Right. I'll take my chances going. Yeah, with, the thing with Daniel with Jones, the thing with
1: Daniel Jones is, best case scenario, and I know this decision will probably happen by the time I release this episode, unless you're a Patreon member and you listened to it before. I think best case scenario for Daniel Jones and for the Giants would be a franchise tag. He'll make thirty-eight million dollars this year. And for the Giants, I shouldn't say best case scenario for Daniel Jones, but for the Giants, you get one more year with Daniel Jones and Brian Dable in the system. Team's going to be better. The system will he'll, he'll have it under his wing. And I think if you're the Giants, you could properly evaluate Daniel Jones and be like, all right, now was last year a fluke? Was it a one hit one there? You know, it was a contract year. It was a new coach. But now if he puts up good numbers again, like he did this year, protects the ball and he gets them to the playoffs. Now it's like, all right, man, Dable is the guy that unlocked this dude. Now he is worth
2: 40, 45 million a year. Would you be upset if they gave him like a Kirk Cousins contract with like a ton of money, but like short term, like a, what did Cousins get? Like three for 90? Yeah. When no. he signed? I, I think that would be, I think we're It'd moving be into, more money now, but yeah. would you do like a three year deal for like maybe close to 40? Like, would you be upset with that? Because like you said, like there's so much uncertainty with Jones. Like you don't know if, if you want to commit to this guy for, who knows, for the long term. Yeah. Was it off for one year? Whereas before that he's looked shaky. Yeah. Or it's like you never, like the grass is never greener on the other side and quarterbacks are hard to come by. And that's that's the thing. If you move on from Jones, where do you go now? Yo,
1: dude. Yes, that's exactly it. It's so easy for you to want to move off someone and get something better, but it's what's available. What is out there? And I think moving forward, you're going to see NFL quarterback contracts, at least it's going to be the first domino to fall where they're going to become fully guaranteed. You saw that happen with Deshaun Watson. You saw that happen with, um, Kirk Cousins like what he did I think like that's going to be the new dynamic where especially for quarterbacks it'll be you know like Pat Mahomes I think his his deal is almost like 85 percent of it is fully guaranteed it's north of like 400 million he's going to bring in just off that contract so it's going to be it's going to be fun man but I think with, with Daniel Jones I would love for him to get franchise. you see one year with him with Dable was it a fluke if you know if you sign him If you sign him to, like, a four-year deal and then this year it comes out and he's just awful. Like, last year was an anomaly because you had all these things that were lining up together. Then then it'd be devastating to have to deal with Darren Jones. Yeah, Yeah, for the long term. I hear you, man. It's a tough spot. It is. It's a tough spot. Vanilla Vic, though. (laughs) I'm going to learn. Um, The other question I have is thoughts on... Well, you say you're not really an NBA guy, so it doesn't matter. It was like a load management question, so it doesn't
2: really play yeah, into. I, I agree with Charles Barkley. You should just yeah. get out and play, bro. If I'm if I'm paying, if I'm a, a paying fan, I'm going to the, the arena that night. I want to get what I'm paying for. I want to see, right? So I'm like, it was next Lakers. Like, I want to see LeBron James. He would never sit out in Madison Square Garden, but it's like, bro, you buy that ticket, you don't know if he's going to play that night because yeah. who knows what's going on? Maybe and, it's a back to back. Maybe it's a three and four. And also, you're buying these tickets in advance, so exactly. you can get them
1: cheaper. Right. Right. Like we bought we bought the UFC tickets what in December for this event yeah uh, January January right, yeah. yeah but week of the ticket was like triple the price yeah. in some spots yeah, So, yeah. it's like yo you don't want to you don't want to wait last minute because then you're gonna pay more right yeah but then right. also if I'm buying these in advance do so I know if he's gonna play or not yeah it's
2: tough it sucks but yeah I I just just play It's easy for me to say but as a paying fan I'm like yeah I want to see these guys play.
1: Are you going to watch the World Baseball Classic?
2: Yeah, I can't wait for it. I actually wanted to go to it, but it just didn't line up because it's Where is it? Miami. Oh, it's it's there's a few different locations. So it's similar to the World Cup where it's like group stage first. Okay. So I know for a fact it's in Florida, Miami, and uh Arizona has is like one of the sites. Not sure if I think there's an overseas site in like Japan, maybe, but I know the finals and like the the closing of the tournament uh ends in Miami. As of, but, yeah, uh, to answer the question, I can't yeah. wait for it. Are you... You're making
1: these guys play a, a couple of more games. And, like, I feel like it's devastating for pitchers, though. Like, is that... Like, you're putting some miles on these guys yeah. or something? Like, if you're, if you're a
2: team... Like, say, the Mets, right? I don't know. Is Justin Verlander playing? I don't think so. But, say... But- Kershaw backed out recently. He was like a veteran arm who's been around, right? But say you Has pay, health you, issues, you just
1: signed the guy, like you're the Mets, right? Or you're any organization that just signed this pitcher to forty million dollars a year,
2: like he's gonna go to the World Baseball Classic. What happens if yeah It does that? At all? The Yankees, uh, they told Severino he can't play because he's been hurt the yeah. last few years, and it's like those are high stress innings in March, where like yeah, like spring, you're not even in season. Spring training's yeah. so used to build your arm back up, get ready for the season. The long grind of one sixty-two, right? And it's like, if you were to go pitch in this tournament, like, it's it's big-time action, which is why I can't wait for it, because it's mm-hmm. like, they're meaningful games in March, whereas spring training, it's like, ah, you know, it's cool to see these guys get at-bats, but it really doesn't mean anything. Whereas the tournament, the people are playing for something, and they're playing for their country. So, it's just competitive all the way through. Um, but yeah, it, so, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. What's the worst bet you've ever made? Uh, I would say it's Ben Askren to be Masvidal. though. <laughs> That was over in like five seconds. Yeah. Before it what's I up? I was at the bar, and uh, I had it on my phone, and I was like, oh, I'll put two. I think it was minus two hundred, so I might have put like four hundred dollars to win two hundred. And I put the bed in, and I was, you know, buffers doing the intro. So I look down, put my phone away. I look up, he's like unconscious. I'm like, yeah, I didn't even get I was telling that story that recently.
1: Happened. We were trying to get the. Bookies. I mean, I saw what happened. I was yeah, like, there's yeah.
2: no way that's that just happened.
1: We were trying to get the bookies to, to put the bets in, and then it like finally went through, and then bam, yeah. just knock out. Well, the worst bet that I ever made, dude. Oh, man. There's been so many. <laughs> there's been some <laughs> bad bets. Been some bad bets. You try and forget them. Oh, I got a good one. I bet $300 on the Bucks to win the Super Bowl the year they were on hard knocks. Like Mike Evans, Deshaun, James Jackson. Winston. I made that bet out here too, and like they didn't even make the playoffs. It was bad. <laughs> they won like five games that year. It was so bad.
2: James. But I was
1: I was convinced. I was like, bro, they're gonna have speed. They're young. Winston. It was like year two, no for Winston. It, yeah, it was. It was. It was when they went on hard knocks, and I liked them going into it. And then when hard knocks happened, like the odds changed so much because you get the perception from hard knocks. That was that was a really really <laughs> bad take I had that time. That's, that's one of the worst, but like on an individual game or, I don't know. I'd have to think. But. Yeah. So I said, you like to forget it, Yeah. Bro. You got to try to forget bad, it. bad, bad. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Move on. Uh, All right. Last, last one that I have is thoughts on the direction of U.S. soccer moving forward. You like where we're at, bro? I know I
2: always hype up these like young bucks yeah. to you. So I don't really follow it as much as you do. Like yeah. You're the one who always like, yo, this guy. Watch this guy. He's, you sent someone recently dude, there's, uh, yo, about a guy who's going to make a decision, a dual citizen. Yo, and like, yo, it'd be huge if we got this guy. Bro,
1: he is an unbelievable talent. And uh, Bogolin is his name. He plays in League One in France. He has a decision to make between Nigeria, England, and the U.S., He's a top goal. He was, I don't know if he still is, but he was, uh, like, right after the World Cup, he was the top goal scorer in League One. And that's a league with Neymar, Messi, and Mbappe. He was yeah. the top goal scorer. And he is exactly what the men's team needs. Right. And he has, his idol is Henri. And there are some rumblings that Thierry Henri could become the manager for the men's team going into this next World Cup cycle. Dude, if it means that we sign this kid, let him be the manager. <laughs> like, yeah. if it means that we could get his rights... Bro, make it
2: happen! I mean, yeah, for as long as I've been watching, like we never had a true number nine. Never,
1: we've never, we never had one. And we,
2: we try the door might have been the best one, and he was just a, a sprinter. Yeah, nah, he was, he was good, he but, was good, but it was, he was good for American standards at the nine. Right,
1: but, but now you need like on a global scale, and if you're right. scoring that many goals overseas, that's gonna be a
2: big decision to go down, man. But yeah, so I, I mean, I like there's so much youth that I do like the direction they're headed in. It was nice that they got in the World Cup this year, and they're gonna host it, so. Yeah. Next one is like, I mean, you've been saying it for how long? That like next one is the one where they have to do some damage or make a run. They do. They're, I mean, they're winning the host. World, too. They're winning the World Cup in 2026. <laughs> I've been, I, I've had
1: that. I shot that video in, in 2019, and yeah, I'm not backing down. I feel even better about it
2: now, too, bro. It's gonna be the World Cup's gonna be here. So when the World Cup comes around, you're have, gonna have a future ticket on USA. The moment the bro, last I wanna, out? I wanna bet it now.
1: I just don't want my account to have three years. Are you bet of it now? Yeah, they're, oh, okay. they're 25
2: to 1 in some places. Okay. So I didn't even know they listed lines. Like, yeah. You know, so far it's dumb the that they do, but. Yeah, because so much stuff can happen in three so years. So much shit can happen yeah. in three That's what
1: I'm saying. And just to have it sitting on my account and looking at it every day, that's I like hear the, you. I have an account that I just do my futures on, so, and I don't but open that's, it yeah, this nice. way. And sometimes I don't get the best odds, but I hate having to look at it every day. Right. You know, so it is what it is what could we do dude this was fun man those are all the questions that i got i got a couple other ones but they're more like statements than they are questions but uh i know people are gonna be excited to hear from you since it's been a while since i've had you on thanks for having me nah bro absolutely and anytime you're out in vegas you know you got a place to stay and i mean even know you stayed at the at the encore you (laughs) want to be cool and actually experience vegas but yeah bro anytime anytime i love having you come out here and the march card is going to become a thing so At least every March, we'll be getting boss back on the show. Yeah, can't wait to do it again, bro.
2: Where can they find you? Uh, At NDeVito27 on Twitter and Instagram.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data
1: Is my guy kenny bets big kenny what up baby
3: what's going on man thanks for having me back on excited we got uh march madness so perfect time to have your boy back on the show get uh get the people the information they need to make sure they make some money during march right
1: yeah that's exactly why the timing of this is perfect because everyone knows that i have an issue betting on kids that are younger than me that aren't professional athletes. I know I'm in the minority here, especially here at the studio with some people that are back there, but it bothers me betting on someone that's gonna become like a you know, like a social worker maybe, or become like a teacher, professor, an accountant. Say, like, I can't put my money on that, man. And I know it's massive, dude. Like if you look at some of the rooms, how much it costs to be in Vegas this weekend, you're talking about like thousands of dollars for a room. But I had a lot of people hit me up and be like, yo, we need some stuff on college basketball. And I was like, you know what, man? I got the guy. I got the guy who's always putting out a lot of college basketball stuff. So I do want to talk to you about the tournament. Oddly enough, it's one of my favorite weekends from as a sports fan, though, this first weekend because I like all the chaos of it and how many games, especially in the East Coast. Now it's going to be even earlier for me, but in the East Coast, We'll start at 1210 and then go all the way to like 1230 one in the morning that same night. And, you know, Cinderella and all these upsets that go down. I want to start off by asking you, how important are trends when it comes to March Madness?
3: Um, I mean, I I think trends are sim- you know, March Madness or any sport are, you know, kind of similar across the board. You know, they they're your friend until the end like the trends sound great when you're following them when you know you look and it says you know when the total in a march madness game opens up at 139 or higher the over hits 70 percent of the time that's a random one i'm just making up but when you see something like that and you ride it and you win it's great but uh when you lose you feel like an idiot after um yeah that's one thing you got to be careful with especially in march madness is following some of those trends because you know, the tournament itself is super random. There's so much variance that comes into play to win. Obviously, you have to be good, but you also have to have some degree of luck going your favor. Um, and and it changes every year, right? Like, we one, you don't really see some of these powerhouse teams playing some of these mid-major teams. Like, last year, we had uh, St. Peter's upset Kentucky as, as a huge favorite. Like, you don't see a Kentucky playing a St. Peter's, you know, throughout the year too often. So the, the trends, I, I would say... You know, there are some that hold some value and merit to them, but I would be careful following most of them.
1: What about fading the public during the tournament? I've seen that one. I like what up. you did
3: there. You, I like what you did there. You waited after my answer. I, I had to learn that lesson the hard way this weekend. Yeah, so that was a good one.
1: Yeah, listen, bro. <laughs> you know who you're talking to? I got a black belt in this stuff. I've been doing this for years.
3: Yeah, yeah. See? Come on, baby. Don't try I'm to am learning. Play, I'm anymore. learning. For you. I'm <laughs> teaching you uh, the sharp angles and then I'm learning how to how to be a, a man behind the mic. Fade the public. What what did you ask me?
1: Sorry. Fade the public. Teams with 60% or more of the bets on the spread are 56, 80, and 5, 41.2% against the spread in the tournament since 2016. If you were to blindly just bet on that, you'd be down $2,812 on $100 wagers. So, Are you tailing or fading the public? Is that something that it's game specific or how do you approach it with this?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely. Again, it depends on the information you have, right? Um, sports betting, a lot of people don't realize the success is dictated based on the amount and the quality of the information that you're able to get and how fast you can get it and beat the lines, this and that. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, you and I have talked about it a lot before, how that's one of the biggest angles I go by is, you know, looking where the money is and kind of just fading the other way, riding with the sports books. There's a reason these sports books are, you know, Constantly getting bigger and more extravagant, and you know the casinos are getting bigger and nicer as we go. It's because people tend to suck at gambling and and picking winners for themselves. So yeah, if you know you, what did you say they were like? If you were fading the public, you're up a decent amount, right? You were just saying, yeah. If you're fading the public, yeah, yeah. Or like eighty and fifty-six, right? If you reverse it yeah, the other way, Yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's so, also like uh, you, know, you I-
1: have so so the one thing I know about like college college basketball and March Madness in particular is you have, especially with these big programs that have like massive alumni groups or just people that, you know, like the passionate fans, like I've always told the story about my buddy boss who used to be on the show. He was here a couple of weeks ago for UFC. He's a Syracuse alumni. And I remember one time we were out at a bar together and I asked him, yeah, Yo, would you ever bet against Syracuse? And you would have thought I like said some wild shit to him about his family, like the way he <laughs> reacted. He's like, nah, dude, I'm always going to bet on Syracuse. And then that got me thinking as a degenerate, I was like, you know what? That's probably how people from Duke feel, UNC feel, Kentucky, Michigan. And then anytime those schools, I always feel like some of those numbers are a little inflated because of that public money and also the big alumni groups and the big fan bases that those schools have.
3: Yeah, I mean, and I said, again, it depends where you're getting the information from, right? Um, If you're looking at something like an action network, that's maybe taking an aggregate of you know a couple of different sports books and pulling those numbers together. Maybe those numbers will be skewed a little more. Um, yeah, I, I, I think fading the public in any in any sports betting uh, situation is usually a long term winning strategy. Now, again, are you going to win every single time? No, nothing is a hundred percent. Unfortunately, if it was, I would be out in Fiji, not on this show with you. But yeah, hey. I mean, <laughs> what the. F- You'd be here. Is what we really would be. I don't know. I might be in Fiji on a private island, getting fed grapes by a a nice Latina woman. You know, Um, (laughs) but but yeah, no. I I think fading the public. But again, it's not something where you just want to like blindly do right. You know, because obviously the public wins too. Like you know, you know. Again, maybe sport to sport is a little different as far as the merit and the value that it holds. But look at like the John Jones fight, right. Everyone in the world seemed to be on John Jones there, but there was nothing you could tell me that was going to stop me from betting on John Jones in that situation.
1: Yeah, I've I've mentioned that a bunch of times in recent in recent conversations, whether on social media or on the pod. Where that's the only sport where it doesn't matter to me, uh, public perception it don't matter. But in in all others, it does, and it does a lot yeah. in some cases, especially where I have a group of friends that I've known for many many years, and we have talked about this in the past too. Where some of the the dumbest sports bettors I know are the ones that know the most about a sport. So when they're on a a side that I might have liked, but they're like all in and then the public is on it too. Now I have two things going against that pick. I completely just pass or I play the other side. So, and yeah, you're right. Every now and then it might happen where the public is right because that's a part of the game too. But over time, you'd be more profitable if you just fade that public perception. What would you say is, what do you look for in a team coming into the tournament? Like, as far as, like, a lot of people are saying Duke is getting hot at the right time. Is that something you agree with? Are those odds for Duke to cut the nets down appealing to you?
3: Duke, not so much. Um, They are right. Duke is playing very good basketball at the right time. Um, Duke, when, when I'm looking for a team to go all the way or make the final four, I look for a couple things. One is, is the coaching solid? Um, you know, there's a reason we see, you know, Coach K or Tom Izzo, Bill Self, we see the same coaches over and over again in the, in the final four, of the elite eight one. Yes, they have the best players, but these are still kids at the end of the day, like you were saying at the top of the show. So sometimes when things get a little hectic and we all know in March madness, things get very, very hectic. Sometimes you need that voice of reason in your ear saying, Hey guys, like, you know, slow it down, chill out. Uh, we, we got this. We'll be all right. And and having a, a good coach, strong voice in the locker room is is a big proponent of that. Uh, big guard play, I, you know, guards are they own March like March Madness is is the guards' game right now. So teams like a Purdue that relies so heavily on Zach Eadie, who you know, I mean, see, there's nothing bad you could say about Zach Eadie's game in the college in the, in the college basketball world. You know, the guy's unstoppable out there. It looks like old clips of watching Wilt Chamberlain play against like the short white guys. Um, back in you know his day of playing, that's he's just so much bigger than everyone. But I tend to not like the style of play. You know the way the March Madness game sets up for teams that rely on those big men. You want good guards who are going to be able to break a trap uh, in a late game situation. Those guards are usually the better free throw shooters. So you want you know guys who can bang down free throws and you know uh, if you have a, a late lead, be able to protect the lead in, in, in fouling situations. So those are just a couple things I look for uh, when you're building your bracket. Obviously you always want to include upsets you know um the 5 12 upset o- o- over the last few years has become like the most notorious one there's been um a 12 seed has advanced in 32 out of the last 36 tournaments last year we had two 12 seeds advanced. so th- that's something you definitely want to keep in mind too that that famous 12 5 matchup
1: sometimes when i fill out a bracket i like to look at the betting lines too cuz you might have like an 11 seed versus six seed but the 11 seed is actually favored but the perception of it is well they're they're the lower seed they're the underdog but then they're not i remember vividly there was a game like three or four years ago where that was the case the 11 seed was like a four point favorite and everyone's like yo it's an upset and to me the the gambler in me is like well it wasn't really like kind of went the way people thought it was gonna go i think that team covered outright too if you have to pick a team to cut the nets what team do you like
3: Yeah, and I mean, I, mean I, I said this in the beginning of the year. They were they were one of my favorite teams to to win it. Then uh, they had some personal issues. Uh, Texas, um, you know, I was very high in Texas to start the year. Then they had the whole Chris Beard thing. They became a very public team because they were they were pretty dominant to start the year. So I kind of faded off Texas a little bit, but I just made a lot of money betting on them in the Big Twelve tournament. I had a couple futures on them to win it all. And th- them and Alabama are the two teams that I feel the most confident in to cut down the nets. If you asked me this a couple weeks ago, I probably would have said Baylor, uh, but Keontae George pretty banged up right now, and Baylor's just they-, they peaked at the wrong time. Like a couple weeks ago, Baylor was playing really, really good basketball, but um, you know they just got upset, lost to Iowa State back to back games, bounced out in the first round of the Big Twelve tournament. It's not really playing good basketball right now. Um, so yeah, I-, I like Texas a lot and Alabama. You got a Final Four in mind. Um, so I'm probably going to do like a, like a parlay and you know, where, where I just parlay a couple teams. when you parlay in, yeah, well, see, this is different than a little, every now and then I'll do a one, you know, a two team parlay. Like Friday, I hit one. It was like plus two something. But in this, the the odds are so great. Like for example, Texas to make the final four is plus 400 Alabama is plus 200. You parlay Texas and Alabama, a thousand dollars is getting you 15,000 back. Hmm. You know? Um, so I like the chance. You know, I like the chances here. I was looking at doing Texas and Bama to make the final four. I was going to probably put a thousand or two thousand on that. And then a thousand on, I was going to do Texas to make the final four, Alabama to make the final four. And I'm on the fence. I'm thinking I'm going to go with Gonzaga um, at, at the three seed. They're kind of tempting. They're playing really good basketball right now. And, this is one of the first times we've seen Gonzaga kind of come into the tournament flying under the radar, right? Usually they're the public darling. Everyone likes betting on Gonzaga. They have, you know, great players. They're always there. Um, but this year they're, they're, kind of a sleeper team that I feel like not many people are talking about. So if you do Texas, Alabama and Gonzaga to make the final four, a thousand wins you 75,000. So, I mean, <laughs> why not?
1: 75 K would be nice.
3: Right. That's what I'm saying. And, and again, it's March madness, right? Like it, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's 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 March madness. Anything can happen. You know that's the the odds. Looking at the teams this year, it's it is kind of wide open. Looking at the teams, Texas just ran through the Big Twelve tournament. They beat Kansas by twenty points. Kansas was, uh, you know, before that loss, they were like a shoo-in to be the number one overall seed in, in the NCAA tournament. They have like seventeen quad one wins. An absolute powerhouse, Kansas. <clears throat> Excuse me, and Texas just dismantle them on a neutral court beat them by 20 points texas top 20 uh, i think they're actually the number nine team overall in adjusted defensive efficiency they're 16th in adjusted offensive efficiency so they're top top 20 in both that's one of the things you got to look for when you're picking a champion usually uh the champion is in the top 30 or 40 in adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency so you want to look for a team that kind of fits both of those molds
1: where would you rank this opening weekend as far as your favorite sporting events to bet on?
3: Number one. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the best one because uh, I feel like March Madness is one of, like, is, I I tend to think it's where, you know, things get a little sharper. Um, and, I, like, you know, if you, I don't know if you saw what I just did on my, all this week on my Instagram story, I was putting out all my bets for free. Crushed it. Absolutely crushed it. I think I had one losing day. Um, I just, you know, March Madness, I always clean up like last year I've made over 22 units. So a $1,000 better won $22,000 last year with me just during March Madness alone. I just, I always do well. College basketball is one of my strongest sports to handicap and March Madness. I think people, the public perception comes in, everyone's betting this. So when you're fading the public, you know, if that's something that you like to do, this is one of the best times to do it.
1: You mentioned your Instagram, let people know where they could find you and cast some of these free picks.
3: Yeah, it's uh, at Kenny Bet's big. I mean, if you're not following me, I don't know what the fuck you're doing right now. You know, you, sh- you should have been following me months ago. Kenny, this
1: was very insightful, bro. As someone who doesn't really dabble in college basketball, I'm definitely give us a pick. Who do you like, bro? I blindly bet Kentucky every
3: year. Okay, just cause... I'm a Kentucky fan. So I like that.
1: Well, I don't know if that's the case now, but I remember they hit a stretch for like five, six years where they would have like six guys go in the first round. I'm like, you know what? Let me get mm-hmm. let me bet on the team that's gonna have the most dudes playing in the NBA next year. And they won it the one year, you know, but they were they were a favorite too. They were like four to one. But that's yeah, that's really it for me, man. It's uh so this year
3: you'd be uh, an Arkansas <clears throat> guy. I would
1: be your gonna, squad. I'll be I'll be telling people like you, my buddy boss, who he loves betting on college basketball. He does fairly well. But for the most part, man, it's I do like to enjoy it. But I don't like to bet on it. But I think now with the people that I'm around, I'm going to definitely get the influence and be DJing super hard in the next couple of days.
3: Yeah, it's pretty cr- it's it, that's impressive, man, to be someone who's, you know, af- you know, you're 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 obviously very familiar with betting and all of that stuff and to be able to watch March Madness and not get in on the action, that's impressive. I don't think I could ever. Obviously, I like betting on college, but
1: yeah, that's the thing though. You like betting on it. It's a, it's, it's the
3: same with me where, yeah, but it, like, I don't like betting hockey. But if me and you were going to watch a hockey game, I'm betting it. You best believe.
1: Right, for sure. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but I don't know, man. I feel like I, I, I need to, cause I like to know what I'm betting on as far as like my opinion and my takes. We've talked okay. uh, talked about this a bunch of times. We're like, I don't listen to anyone when it comes to handicapping. I feel like I have a good understanding. Of almost everything that I do bet on on a on a weekly basis with the sports that I primarily bet on, and I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to bet on things I don't know or don't feel like I have an edge on. So that's why I kind of stick to the the sports that I do well in. And and yeah, if I if I go out to a hockey game or if I'm out with some friends and it's like a Tuesday night basketball game and we're out at a bar, which I don't know why I'd be at a bar on a Tuesday night, but I mean, there are reasons why you would be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But even back home too. And they'd be like, yo, the Lakers are playing the Warriors. I'd be like, all right, man, let's build the same game parlay, throw 15 bucks, and hopefully we pay for our drinks. But for the most part, I kind of like to stay away from it. But Kenny, this was fun, man. um, Until next time, we'll do some NFL stuff in a couple of weeks. We got the draft coming up. I am, let me tell you about this. I'm holding a 25-1 to Anthony... Richardson to be the top pick in the draft. And how do you uh, feel about that? I feel pretty good, man. I feel pretty good. I think the trade that went down. What are his odds at now?
3: He's around five to one. Five to one? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a huge. I think he, what was he, what did he open at? Like 40 to one, right?
1: Bro, he opened like 120 to one.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's crazy yeah
1: and then and then the week before the week before i took him at 25 to one he was 80 to one and then i just you know kept seeing it moving. Yeah. i kept seeing it moving dude and i was like yo there got to be some here because that's something that can be predetermined in a way right like if you know like remember remember when baker mayfield went one dude the morning of it was like sam Darnold was like minus 200 you get baker mayfield at like plus 700 to be the number one pick and then one Schefter report came out and then he went like minus 500. I was like, all right, Baker's gonna be the top pick. So I saw that line movement, and I was like, yo, I don't know, man. And now they're, they're showing all the videos they're showing of him. It's like all his like, I mean, obviously it's highlights. They always put your best stuff, but his combine stuff, he, he, he tested well and you know, that 20 yard out. I don't know, man, I feel pretty good about that 25 God. to one.
3: Yeah, it, th- you know what's frustrating about that is I was so high on him coming into this year for college football. Like when I do the Moxie Bets podcast, that was my pick to an Heisman, and I was saying all like in the beginning when college football started, I was like, when you guys see this kid, he's an absolute freak out there. And uh, yeah, man, I think I think he'll be the best best quarterback of the bunch if he goes to the right situation.
1: Yeah, that's always going to be the case. You gotta you gotta end up in Maybe. the right spot. But I'll be, we'll be back right before the draft. Maybe a couple of weeks before that too. There's a nice UFC pay per view we could talk about. But at Nick Day is ten. As you can find me veteransminimum.com, and we'll catch you guys next time on the show.